Good morning, my friends. Welcome to Morning Glory. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and we are here early in the morning to jump into the Word of God. Now, of course, if you're watching late at night because the program has been up and aired for a few hours, you're free to watch whether it's in the afternoon or 7 o'clock at night. But we are broadcasting these programs primarily early in the morning, and this is a midweek service so that your faith can receive uh, the strength to continue this week in the victory of the Lord Jesus. This morning, I'm going to be teaching from Psalm 66. Why don't you grab your Bible, turn there with me, and I send the Lord's blessings and the Lord's love to you today from Studio B here in Moravian Falls, North Carolina. And by the way, this is uh, the first time I'm coming to you from Studio B as we now have it finished out. So I'm happy to be able to appear to you on this set for the midweek services. Okay, so let's go to Psalm 66. While you're turning there, please make sure that you subscribe to my live stream channel by clicking on the green tab called Follow. Okay, and that way you can follow me, and anytime a message is released, you get an instantaneous email directly sent to your smartphone or your email account, and then you can be advised that we have launched another show. Okay, so Heavenly Father, let your Holy Spirit come and illuminate the eyes of our heart. Let our mind be flooded with light so that we can understand your word. Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, meet me in Psalm 66. We're going to go to verse 8. Uh, theologians are not really sure who wrote Psalm 66. They have a very strong leaning towards uh, David, uh, but it, it could have been by somebody else. But I think it was probably by David because of the nature of the psalm, and particularly as we get to uh, one of the final notes that I'll bring out this morning, something that reflects back on actually something that David earlier had wrote, and it's only mentioned twice in the Bible. So I think David wrote this psalm, but we want to go today to verse 8, and it says, O oh, bless our God, you peoples, and make the voice of his praise to be heard. Sometimes uh, you get a little bit loud when you shout and you praise and you worship. There's a time for quietness and stillness. There's also a time to just let your praise be heard. Now, verse 9, who keeps our soul among the living and does not allow our feet to be moved. God does not allow your feet to be moved. I firmly believe that when you're walking with the Lord, there is a divine hedge of protection that God places over your life. It's like a spiritual invisible umbrella of angelic protection where God shields you. And although you will still experience tests and trials, I can't promise you that you'll be uh, uh, skipping past all of those types of things. Matter of fact, I can promise you that you're most likely going to go through some, okay? But nevertheless, you will make it through. But even still, God is with you. He won't allow your feet to be moved and he will never allow you to be tempted, tested, or tried beyond what you can bear. Uh, while you're uh, parked for a moment in Psalm 66, let me read a verse to you from Luke 21, verse 16. This is the Lord Jesus speaking. He said, you will even be betrayed by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. Some of you, I'm sure, know exactly what the Lord is talking about. Perhaps when you came to Christ, your family rejected you, maybe because they were unbelievers, maybe because they were believers, but for whatever reason, uh, because of spiritual narrow-mindedness, uh, didn't want you to get saved in a different denomination 
or a different stream within the body of Christ. Therefore, uh, you suffered uh, uh, a type of exile or being cut off. Okay, that's happened to many, many believers. Still happens today. You know, you don't have to be in a communistic country or a country uh, governed uh, by Islam or Sharia law to still face persecution. You can get it right here in the good old USA, okay? Or if you're in uh, the UK or other places, you can still get persecution because trust me, the devil is still uh, out doing things and he has his legions of followers and his cohorts of demonic, uh, demonic activity. And so uh, we can all be touched with persecution. Now, Jesus said they will kill some of you. I'm glad he didn't say they would kill all of you. You know, not everybody's called to be a martyr where you physically will lay your life down for the cause of the gospel, okay, for because of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, although some certainly do uh, die as martyrs, and there are more to come whose lives will be laid down for their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And at the same time, God also preserves uh, a longer duration of life for those who live more of a normal type of life. But at the same time, we should be dying to the world and endeavoring to live for the Lord in the sense that we might not be uh, killed. We still should be living, in essence, a crucified life. And in a sense, we can still identify with the martyrdom experience. And even if we're not called to be martyrs, we can certainly pray for those who might be in those types of situations and undergird them in prayer and do all we can to reach out and help them in those times of tremendous crisis situations. Verse 17, you will be hated by everyone because of my name, but not a hair of your head will be lost. You know, I've never really stopped to think how many hairs are on my head or maybe on your head. I, I guess we could go on an internet search engine like Google or somewhere and type it in for fun and find out how many hair there actually are on our head. Okay, I'm sure it's quite a few, but Jesus said, but not a hair of your head will be lost. You know, I was reading a wonderful book uh, of a man who escaped from communist China who was preaching the gospel, and he told the story of another uh, man who lived in China. This man was falsely imprisoned and uh, was framed. Was It was all a setup. None of the uh, None of the accusations were true. Nevertheless, he's sent off to prison, and he's in a long prison line where all the prisoners are going to be shaved, ball hit it, okay? Get all their hair shaved off. And so his daughter is watching through the outside iron bars of the prison and looking into the main courtyard area where all the prisoners are going to be shaved. And she yells to her dad. She said, Dad, they've falsely imprisoned you. It's not right that you will have to suffer the uh, uh, being classified as a prisoner by having your hair shaved off because you haven't done anything wrong. And he said to his daughter, he said, not one hair on my head can be harmed or lost unless the Lord allows it. So he was resigned to suffer for Jesus and endure uh, whatever was put before him knowing that nothing can happen to him that God's not in control of. See, when you're walking with the Lord, God's there with you. And it doesn't promise that you'll never go through any tests or trials, but even still, he'll never let your feet be moved. 
Well, they're shaving off all the head, uh, off the hair of all the prisoners, and they get to him. And the guard with the uh, electric shaver uh, reaches up to shave his, uh, uh, this gentleman's hair off. And when he uh, reaches up with the electric shaver, and it just, it just goes off. It won't work. And he gets real mad and tries to get it fixed. And uh, it goes, finally goes back on, reaches up again, tries to shave the man's hair off, and it goes back off again. So he gets very angry, calls another guard over with another shaver. They, that one's running and working fine. They stick it up against his head, and it goes off. That one goes off. And they tried to get it fixed and stick it up again, and it goes off again. And they said, well, there must be something wrong with your hair. And they just missed him out of the line so he didn't have to get his head shaved. He's still in prison, but they didn't shave his, uh, his hair. And the moment they went back to shaving the next person in line, of course, all the electric razors are working again. And this man looked over at his daughter and smiled and winked with that understanding. Not one hair of my head can be harmed unless the Lord would permit or allow that. Okay. So we thank God that he does not allow our feet to be moved. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. You're going to be just fine. God's hand is on your life. You're going to make it, and you're going to come into all the blessings that God intends for you to experience. We're having some morning glory today. I'm so glad that you've joined me early this morning for our midweek Bible study. Now, let's continue on. Verse 10 of Psalm 66 says, For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. So there are these tests that God, as the heavenly teacher, administers out these certain types of tests. And you might say, well, Pastor Stephen, why would God uh, test us? Well, I think he does it for the same reason we have tests on the earth. You know, whether you're in elementary or junior high, high school, college, or higher levels of education and learning, you basically take a test to find out if you've really uh, have learned and retained the information, the data, the information that you were supposed to or required to learn. For whatever reason, you're taking that because you're, you need those things in life. Therefore, you have to pass a test proving that you have uh, learned all of the required material. Well, I think it's the same way with the Lord. There, there are certain things he wants to know. Have they learned to walk in wisdom or will they continue to do foolish, silly, stupid things over and over again? And so God, God can allow us to go through things to... Uh, through fiery trials to burn out foolishness, to burn out spiritual immaturity, to come to a place in God where we put down deep roots in the Word of God and our faith is not moved or shaken. We hold to the promises of God and our faith and trust is not in exterior things or shallow things, but our faith and trust is in the Lord Jesus Christ fully, okay? And so these tests can come. And we want to preferably not just pass them. How about make an A-plus on it? Wouldn't that be great? Pass it with flying colors. Stand at the head of your spiritual class. Wouldn't that be nice? I believe that's the kind of person that God wants you and I to be. For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. Well, today we have more modern ways of refining silver through electrolysis and other types of means of mixing the silver and the iron ore with chemicals to uh, separate, dissolve, and break down, and then purify, and so forth. But thousands of years ago, they didn't have that. So for, for many, many centuries, you would mainly purify silver through intense fire or through intense heat. And that is also the same way that God refines 
and purifies you and I. I think there's something about trials and difficulties that when we find that this is God's path for our life, we should just, uh, like the scriptures say, gird up our loins. Like God told Job, gird up your loins. In other words, uh, step up and, 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 and get into this and set your mind frame right. We just, just gird up our loins and go through it. And say, well, Lord, if this, if this is the path that you have for me, I'm not going to weep and cry because that's not going to do anything anyhow. That's just a waste of time. Sooner or later, we have to get up and get moving. If we ever want to get out of this and pass through this test, okay, such as, uh, uh, what is it, Psalm 84 that talks about the valley of Baca, the valley of weeping. Well, well, if you ever want to get out of that valley of weeping, you're going to have to get moving, okay? So if that's the trial or the test or the experience that you're going through, you have to embrace it and then continue the walk with the Lord and don't die in prison like Joseph. You know, Joseph could have just stayed there uh, and said, this is not fair. I've been falsely accused. These things are lies. And uh, he, he could have had a big self-pity party for decades. But, you know, he realized finally that God was in this, that God had a higher purpose and plan. And he really couldn't understand a, a lot of what God was up to because uh, even with prophecy, a lot of things, even with prophecy, it's, it's still you're trying to look through a glass with, um, uh, with blurry vision. It's, you know, it's like today they have the 3D movies. Well, it's, it's like that's cool that you have the 3D image, but the moment you put the 3D glasses on, it's like the light drops by 40%. Now you, you might have some 3D effects, but the technology is still not where it needs to be. You can't quite see it as good as you like. Everything now looks dark and dim. Well, I'm, I'm sure eventually they'll overcome that. So sometimes our vision is not quite as clear as we would like for it to be. But nevertheless, we keep moving, moving forward and we put our trust in the Lord. Now, the verse continues with verse 11 by saying, you brought us into the net. Ouch, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun, does it? I mean, it makes people, it makes God's people sound like a fish <laughs> or maybe a bird. You know, a fish being caught in the net and pulled in or, or a, a, a net, a snare laid for a bird uh, to catch it and, of course, to preferably eat it unless it's some type of exotic bird that could be sold. And uh, it says uh, that we were brought as into the net. Amazing. So some things in life uh, can be avoided by wisdom, walking with the Lord, walking in the principles of, of the Word of God. But even when you do that, you still cannot be guaranteed that you will never have trials or difficulties in life. Now, uh, as we're still in Psalm 66, let me read for a moment from Psalm 105. Psalm 105 verse 18 says, they bruised his feet with shackles. This is talking about Joseph when he was put in prison. Down in Egypt, they bruised his feet with shackles. You know what? That hurt. If we just are honest and look at that scripture and kind of study it out, uh, he, he suffered uh, not just humiliation uh, and de uh, like a, a degradation of his character and his, and, his, uh, and his identity, but he also suffered physically in pain. They bruised his feet with shackles, and his neck was put in irons. Woo! I tell you what, he was brought into the net. And there are some things that God allows us to go through. And you say, Pastor Stephen, would God do such a thing? Absolutely. God has a different plan, different purpose for everybody's life. But whatever plan it is that God has for you, don't say the cross is too hard. 
Don't say the cross that God has given me to carry is too difficult. No, if you have a larger cross or if you have greater challenges or, or, or greater obstacles to overcome, that I would suggest that where God is trying to take you to is a place of great influence. Okay, so you need to be determined to keep on going with the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, uh, in the Hebrew, uh, it actually says when, when Joseph was put in iron, in the Hebrew, it literally means that the iron entered into his soul, okay? So as we're working our way through Psalm 66, you see that at times the walk of the believer can be very difficult at times. Now, not always. There's times of laughter. There's times of joy. But, there, you know, the Bible says weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. And sometimes life can have many challenges that God allows for there to be in our path. And you might feel like, well, this, this experience is, uh, is too much for me to bear. But you know what? Every storm eventually comes to an end. Even if you're taking a long exam, a final semester exam, and the exam lasts for four hours, eventually, guess what? The test is over. The teacher will grade the test. And if you've done your homework and you, you, you perform properly and you demonstrate it that you've uh, learned required material, guess what? The test is over, okay? So difficult, difficult times don't last always. Joseph was going to eventually get out of that prison. Yes, he was there for 13 years. I'm sure he would have liked to have gotten out after 13 days. I'm sure after 13 months, he would have liked to have gotten out of prison. And uh, it was as, as if the iron entered into his soul. You actually see Jesus was a man where such sorrow came upon him in the Garden of Gethsemane that it almost overwhelmed him to the point of death. So even Joseph in the Old Testament was typified uh, uh, as the four, uh, forthcoming uh, Messiah, the Savior who would one day come and suffer on our behalf. So there can be, there can be false uh, uh, accusations, there can be slander, there can be difficult things that happen to us that are done against us. And uh, you might say, well, Lord, this is not really the plan that I had for my life. But nevertheless, God is in control of your life. He will not allow your feet to be moved. So guess what? Get, get those feet moving. Keep them going. Keep going in that right direction. Keep walking in the path of God because your prison experience is only temporary. Okay? Now, it says, you laid affliction on our backs. First of all, uh, let me say that affliction is not sickness and disease. It's not poverty. Affliction is not something that Jesus delivered us from at Calvary, and then therefore God is putting it on you. No, but affliction in the Hebrew literally means compression or pressure. It comes from a root word that means to be weighted down. And so these great trials, uh, you, you, you know, we're mentioning Joseph who was falsely accused and put in prison. Uh, you, you could only imagine the compression, the weight, the sorrow that would be upon his heart. And, you know, him saying like, why me? Well, I mean, why did this happen, have to happen to me? He's probably saying as he works his way through these things and continues to hold his faith in Jehovah God. Same thing with David. David's probably like, what did I ever do to have the king of Israel, Saul, 
come after me and try to destroy my life. All I've ever done is good. How, what do, uh, and, and so these things that God has planned for your life, uh, it says you laid affliction on our backs and these weighty things. See, God is developing character. Woo! And a diamond is formed under intense pressure. Okay? And so uh, the Lord is doing something in your life. And I'll, I'll just be honest with you. Sometimes pressure is good. It's just flat out good. And you might uh, uh, see this. This is why pressure will stress you. Uh, and, and when you're stressed and you're pushed to the limit, you will expand and you, uh, not snap, but you will expand and you will develop to a broader capacity than what you thought you were capable of previously achieving. Okay. I was talking to, uh, one of the workers here, uh, at the facility who, uh, helps out with the media and so forth. And he was telling me about a, a, a job where he was at one point, he was just thrown into this job and didn't know what to do. And they just said, well, here's your position. Just go do it. And he had to kind of figure it all out on the fly. And, and I, I know what that's like. And perhaps you do too. And when you took a, a job and maybe you thought you would have all this step-by-step -step training, but there was so much activity. There was such an overload of work. They just said, here's your position. Here's your job. Go figure it out. And you're just off and running as fast as you can to keep the keep from sinking and drowning. <laughs> okay. But there's a part of that also that can be very good in developing you. And then you learn how to manage stress. You learn how to deal with pressure. You and I both know some people, they cannot handle pressure. But if, if you ever want to stand in a leadership position, you will be faced with pressure. And that is why God can allow affliction, compression and pressure to be placed upon your back, to be placed upon your shoulders so that you can be a go-to person who will not melt under uh, intense times of scrutiny or pressure, but you'll be that one who has the strength of Christ and has that courage that will inspire others during times of trials and difficulties. You know what? You can't get, you can't get these types of things any other way. You can't get them in a theology school. You can't get, get them by going to Bible college. These types of things, you can only get them through real life experience of walking with the Lord and living your life out according to the will and plan and calling that God has for your life. Okay, well, so far, Pastor Stephen, this morning, we've been working through Psalm 66, and it's, it's looking kind of heavy. Pastor Stephen, can you give me a verse now to lift me up? Is the next verse going to be any better? Let's find out. Verse 12, you have caused men to ride over our heads. You have caused men to ride over our heads. Well, um, I don't think that one got any better. Okay, that's no fun to have men ride over your head. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'm serving God. I'm walking with the Lord. Nobody's going to walk over my head. Well, what happens if you're serving the Lord and you love God with all of your heart? You're in the will of God. You're working your job and you have a great job. You love your, your co-employees. You, you love your boss. What happens if your boss gets transferred and a new boss comes in who's nasty, mean, who's unfair, who, uh, who doesn't, uh, for whatever reason, you don't find favor with him, even though you might be working hard and doing a good job. What do you do when God allows you to be in a place where men are riding over your head? Okay. See, in times like this, listen, you'll find a whole new 
dimension of who God is. When there's times of persecution, when there's times of suffering, that's when the glory of God can come rest upon you, particularly when you're suffering, not because you've done something wrong, but when you're suffering because of, your, your, of who you are in the Lord and you're still trying to do everything right, and you still are suffering and being persecuted. I tell you what, you'll know God in a special way during times like that. And people who are believers who never uh, uh, experience this because they always try to dodge it or get out of God's will to jump away from it or who just want to always take the easy path instead of just buckling down and going the route that God wants them to go, there'll be something missing in their walk with the Lord. They will not have a depth of Christian maturity, particularly that would be, need to be manifested if there was ever a crisis situation uh, where they needed to respond properly. They, they will not have that ability to pass an exam like that, okay? So you have to allow the Lord to take you through these developmental processes of refining, of testing, of experiences that seem to kind of like almost like be out of control and almost like they're going to overwhelm you and, and you're thinking, is it going to end? Well, let's keep on reading. I, I think if we keep on reading, we'll eventually find a verse that will lift us up. Let's keep on reading. Verse 12, you have caused men to write over our heads. Okay, that's not a lot of fun. Does it get any better? Let's see. We went through fire and through water. Well, that's, that doesn't sound much better either. See, you go through fire, you go through these experiences that, that can be so intense. Oh my goodness, but you know what they'll do? They'll actually drive you to the Lord. That, that's what God wants it to do. To where you're in a place where you don't have the answers and it's, and it's the persecution, the difficulties are so hard. The fire is so hot that you have to go to the Lord with a great intensity to receive his strength and to receive his wisdom. So, yes, there's fire, but he'll not allow you to be burned. So it says, we went through fire and through water. And you might think there's a point, Pastor Stephen, I'm going to drown. No, you're not. But that doesn't mean the waters might not be rising, okay? What should I do, Pastor Stephen? Use your faith and hold to the word of God. All said and done, that's what you have to do. You have to believe God's word. And even though the fire's burning, even though the water's rising, even though it looks like you should panic and have a meltdown, you hold to the word of God and you keep on going, okay? See, it says we went through. We didn't stop and camp and, 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 and start pouting and get over into a big pity party. We went through fire and through water. You want your testimony. Now, hear me. You want your testimony to be complete, have you ever heard a person stand up and give a testimony, but their testimony, all it was, was about the sad times and the hard times and the difficulties, and, you're, and so you're waiting to look for the uplift on their testimony of the, uh, of, you know, you're, you're, you're waiting for the good part to be shared, and they never share the good part. Why? They camped. They stopped. They never went all the way through. That way, their testimony, unfortunately, is not completed because they never come out on the other side. But I prophesy to you today you're coming all the way through. Pastor Stephen, where am I coming through to? Let's find out. Let's find out. We went through fire and through water, but hey, I think this is going to be good. We've had some strong verses, but I think this one, here comes to lift me up. Here comes the, here comes the good stuff. But you brought us out to rich fulfillment. Pastor Stephen, I would like to get to the rich fulfillment. You know what? All the other stuff is necessary, and it's all good. 
you, uh, you know, you'll find out when you are in your wealthy place or, or in your place of rich fulfillment, you'll find out that all of these processes that God takes his children through are, are uh, they are all vital and they're all valuable and they're all precious. And I'll say this, they're even sacred, okay? These difficult times so that you can overcome these things through your faith in Christ. And you see God move in a real way in your life and you have a very personal working relationship with God. So it says, you brought us out to rich fulfillment. The King James Version says, you brought us out to a wealthy place. So in the Hebrew, in the literal Hebrew, the, the term rich fulfillment or the phrase wealthy place, it actually means overflowing. The Latin Vulgate translates it as a place that is irrigated. As you know, if you've traveled to Israel, there's a lot of arid, dry places. There's not a lot of springs and streams except in remote uh, locations. Uh, of course, you have the Jordan River, but these hidden springs and streams are very valuable. So if you have a place where there's a spring or a stream, when most of the area around you is hot and dry and barren, then you've got a, you've got a wonderful place to be. So the water, the abundance of water was associated with uh, wealth or with a place of rich fulfillment. Now, the phrase rich fulfillment and wealthy place that we see here in Psalm 66 is only used one other time in the Bible. And it's used in Psalm 23. And this is why I think also that David wrote Psalm 66, because the only other time the phrase is used is Psalm 23, verse 5, uh, 23, verse 5, where David said, my cup runs over. Okay. So that's why I also believe that David wrote Psalm 66, although the author is not identified because this same uh, phrase is used of the cup running over. Now the cup running over speaks of abundance. It would speak of uh, wetness or moisture. Ooh, thank you, Lord Jesus. So look, that's where God's taking you. You're not going to languish in prison and die there. You're not going to be a person who's just going to stay stuck in a ongoing perpetual trial for the rest of your Christian walk. No, th these are just experiences that God leads you through. It's all a part of the Christian faith, and it's taking you to a place known in the Word of God as the wealthy place. What is actually the wealthy place, Pastor Stephen? How would you identify it? Really what it is is actually coming into the manifested blessings that Jesus purchased for you through his own shed blood while he bled, died, and suffered at Calvary. Those things are ours. A lot of believers never really step into it, whether it's divine healing, whether it's having your needs met financially, whether it's having an anointing and having an influence and, 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 and being filled up with the glory and the power of God. A lot of believers know those things are theirs, but they just, they just never seem to arrive in that wealthy place. But look, th these are all steps that the Old Testament saints went through. See, they went through fire and through water. They knew the Lord. And as New Covenant believers, the process um, is still, in essence, the same. God refines us. God tests us. God develops us. And then God promotes us on into that place of blessing. And so just enjoy the interim part. There is always an interim part from the promise given to the promise fulfilled. There is the interim part. How do you pass through the interim part? You pass through it by faith. 
So today, continue to hold to the Word of God because God is taking you. Now listen, God is taking you to a place of rich fulfillment where your every dream in God, where your every, your every promise that is found in Christ is fulfilled and then you step into a deep satisfaction of living the dream that God prophesied that you would come into. That's where you're going. So even if you're in the middle of a trial, even if you're uh, suffering wrongfully uh, in prison, because look, this, this message goes all around the world, wherever you're at. You put your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ because God's not done with you yet. This is part of the plan, part of the purpose part of the will of God. So bless God right where you're at. Praise God right where you're at and keep on going because God's taking you to his wealthy place and he'll see you there and he'll walk with you all the way through it. Okay. Thank you for joining me today on Morning Glory. I'll see you back next time Sunday morning for our Sunday service and then meet me back next week also for the next Morning Glory session. Please, at this time, before you leave, go subscribe as a follower to my live stream channel. That way I can uh, inform you every time that we launch a new show. Thanks for watching. Have a great day. See you in the wealthy place. Bye-bye. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.